Good morning. morning. I'd like to invite everyone to please take their seats unless they're the choir so we can get started. It is 9.06 and a half, which means we are directly in between both meetings. It's time to begin our meeting. So at this time, I would like to call to order the 154th annual meeting of St. Peter's by the Sea in Narragansett. Please take a moment of reflection as we prepare for worship. Please rise and join in singing hymn 569.
Our service of Holy Eucharist Rite 2 begins on the front page of our service booklets. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first reading is from the book of Micah. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? In what have I wearied you? Answer me. 
For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? The word of the Lord. Our second reading is from 1 Corinthians. The message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the, the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. 
not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. The word of the Lord. Our gospel hymn this morning is hymn 656. We'll sing the first three verses prior to the reading of the gospel, the fourth verse after. So please stand and join in singing hymn 656. Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak, and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, 
for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. It is indeed a joy and a privilege to once again address you at this 154th annual meeting as your rector and for the eighth time in my tenure. Six years ago, I formed an advisory committee with the sole function of organizing a process by which the congregation and vestry could formulate a five-year strategic plan. By January of 2018, that process was put in place, and by June of that year, a strategic plan was presented to and accepted by the vestry. This plan focused on key areas of parish life, worship, communication, outward spiritual ministry, social ministry, better known as outreach, stewardship, fellowship, and one short-term goal that would be to celebrate the 150th anniversary of this parish. This spring, our strategic plan ends, and a new strategic plan is needed to guide us for the next five years. When I look back to where we began, I'm amazed at how far we have come. This congregation, like so many others, had a defined vision and mission statement. However, when shared, very few understood what that meant or how we as a congregation were living into it. We had all the key programs an Episcopal Church was supposed to have, but we did not have an understanding of how they interconnected to make a cohesive whole. As we come to the end of this strategic plan, much has changed as we have sought to live out our core values of faith, service, and community. Today, we have a solid music program which, is, which enhances our worship each week with music that is consistent with who we are as a traditional Episcopal congregation. Our finances are now a reflection of our priorities as a spiritual community. Our outreach continues to serve those who are most in need 
within our neighborhood. Finally, our formation and spiritual growth programs offer a wide range of opportunities to explore our faith through scripture, prayer, and topical conversation. And most weeks, our services are podcasts for anyone to hear and to be touched by God's abundant love for this world. Now, one's response to this could be to sit back, take it all in, all that we have accomplished. And indeed, we as a congregation have a lot to celebrate. However, a lot has changed during this time. Our world has been reshaped by three years of a pandemic. Our community in which we live, work and recreate is changing rapidly. We as a congregation are not the same as we were when we began five years ago. And in the seven years I have been your rector, Narragansett has been returning to what it was at the turn of the last century, a summer community. Real estate agents tell me more tax bills are mailed out of town than are mailed in town. This means much of the housing in town is vacant from October to May. As home prices continue to rise, young families cannot afford to move into our community. And this has been revealed with declining enrollment, both in the Narragansett and South Kingstown school systems. Where I am leading, I hope, is evident. The future we began planning for five years ago has arrived. Now is the time to plan for tomorrow. Again, we must ask, what are the current spiritual needs of our neighborhood? How is God calling St. Peter's to meet those needs as we continue to be an open, inclusive Christian community sharing the transformative love of Christ through worship, word, and action? Now, I want to take a moment and emphasize something I just asked. How is God calling St. Peter's? So often when we ask that question, people begin to look to neighboring churches, especially those who are much larger than us, and assume that because they are bigger, that's what we should be doing as well. But we're not planted in the same community as St. Luke's East Greenwich, nor similarly situated as that of Christ Church Westerly. God has never called us to be like Peacedale Congregational Church. God is calling us to be St. Peter's by the sea. God is calling St. Peter's to proclaim by word and action throughout South County in a way that is authentic 
as a traditional, open, and inclusive Episcopal Church. Here's the good news. We're already doing that. And now we need to be more intentional as to how we go from here. In 2022, we began to embrace our special status as a summer community by offering programs, dinners, and free lectures designed to welcome the summer community into our family. No longer are we just an active congregation from September to June. We are becoming a year-round active community. Therefore, we must continue asking how we can further integrate our summer members and guests with those of us who live here year-round. Now, as I look ahead, I see another challenge before us. As much as some may want to, we can't do it all. Even if we were a megachurch, we could not do it all. God does not call us to be all things to all people, nor does God call us to do it all. The question we now need to answer is how? How can we further develop cooperative relationships with neighboring parishes? I believe Ian Douglas, the retired Bishop of Connecticut, defined the challenge when he renamed the Diocese of Connecticut to the Episcopal Church of Connecticut. His change in nuance offered a perspective that the diocese was one statewide congregation with many altars. In 2021, we began a movement in this direction when Mother Eileen Lindemann, as victor of the Church of the Holy Spirit in Charlestown, presented courses in spirituality here at St. Peter's. Mother Eileen offered our congregation her unique perspective on different areas of spirituality. She profoundly enriched the spiritual lives of members of this congregation, her congregation, and several other churches as well. The community market also entered into cooperative ministry this year. In May, we joined forces with St. Augustine's and URI to provide sustenance to graduate student families who are food insecure. Now, thanks to the efforts of the campus chaplains, URI is beginning to acknowledge and respond to the needs which exist amongst its graduate students. This past September, the university opened its own food pantry. Thus, the support of the community market may not be required on campus soon. But this doesn't mean the community market will be finished with cooperative ministry. We have identified other circumstances 
or our resources and ministry would enhance the lives of our neighbors who cannot conveniently drive to St. Peter's on a Friday afternoon. Also, as we begin a new round of strategic planning as a congregation, we need to be aware of the challenge that will impact us from beyond these walls. This challenge is the looming, now current, clergy shortage facing the greater church. Now, in the 80s, when I was in seminary, the National Church began talking about a clergy shortage coming sometime in the late 90s. The church kind of lessened that reality by two decades by beginning to ordain people later in life. That took care of a short-term problem, but it didn't deal with the long-term issue. We now lack young vocations. Today, over two-thirds of Episcopal clergy are 60 years and over. More clergy are retiring from the church than are entering into the priesthood. Now, to give you a sense of what that means for us here at St. Peter's, 20 years ago when I was ordained, a church with a full-time position for a rector could expect somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 applications. Eight years ago, when I applied here, on average, churches in the search process could expect roughly 10 applications for their full-time opening. Today, there are 20 parish openings to every one clergy person looking for a job. This trend will affect St. Peter's, if not now, certainly in the future. So now is the time to begin to prepare for that day when St. Peter's may not be able to obtain a full-time rector even though you have the resources for one. So now is the time to begin raising up lay leadership. The leadership we will need goes beyond wardens, vestry members, lay Eucharistic ministers, readers, and committee heads. We need all of that, and soon we may need lay pastoral caregivers, worship leaders, and lay preachers. The good news is Bishop Nisley is already on top of things. He has started programs for training worship leaders, lay preachers, and lay pastoral caregivers. And so once again, just like this town of Narragansett, this congregation in time may return to being more lay-led than clergy-led 
much as it was at its beginning. This clergy shortage is not necessarily a crisis. I see it as an opportunity. It is a call for all of us to take seriously our need for ongoing Christian education and formation. This clergy shortage requires all to live more fully into the ministry of all the baptized, or as our Lutheran brothers and sisters would say, the priesthood of all believers. And I have to say the most powerful ministries I have witnessed are by well-trained lay pastoral caregivers, two of whom are part of this congregation. The first is John Lockwood. He is a summer resident. He is trained as both a lay Eucharistic minister, minister and a Stephen minister. For those who don't know what Stephen ministry is, that is a specific program designed to train lay people as intensive pastoral caregivers. For five years, every summer, John has willingly visited and befriended some of our most isolated members. And because of his caring and prayerful nature, he has been able to reach and transform the lives of those to whom he has ministered. The second person is Susan Palmer. As a lay Eucharistic visitor, she has developed wonderful caring relationships with several of our elderly homebound as both friend and spiritual companion. And so often when I make my pastoral rounds to these homes, what our people share with me is how grateful they are and how meaningful it is to have a lay pastoral visitor who brings them communion. Neither Susan nor John has a seminary degree. Neither have degrees in psychology or counseling. What they each have is some pastoral training through the church. And they have a desire to share their love of Christ with others. Yes, as we begin planning for the next five years, there are challenges out there on the horizon. But I am confident about St. Peter's future despite these challenges. Because what I have come to know is that God has blessed this congregation with the resources and the people we need to meet those challenges. St. Peter's is blessed to have so many members who are gifted, talented, and creative. I also know that St. Peter's is indeed blessed with compassionate and prayerful individuals. And I know, as St. Paul told the church at Corinth, he would tell us today, for in every way you have been enriched in Christ, in speech and knowledge of every kind, 
just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you await the revealing of our Lord. Just like that church in Corinth, St. Peter's is not lacking the spiritual gifts it needs to meet the challenges its future holds. What we simply need is that which is necessary for each and every one of us to step forward and offer those gifts and talent, no matter what they may be, toward the continued ministry of this blessed church community. Amen. I invite you to please stand and join me as we affirm our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. With all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above, for the loving kindness of God, and for the salvation of our souls, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world, for the welfare of the Holy Church of God, and for the unity of all peoples, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our bishop and for all the clergy and people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our president and for the leaders of the nations and for all in authority, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the towns of South Kingston and Narragansett, for every city and community, and for those who live in them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the good earth which God has given us and for the wisdom and will to conserve it, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who travel on land, on water, or in the air, or through outer space, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the aged and infirm, for the widowed and orphans, for the sick and the suffering, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In our parish cycle of prayer for Pauline and Colleen Sardelli, Richard and Wendy Sauce, 
and Anne Capesso and Manuel Cifantes. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In our diocesan cycle of prayer for the seminaries and schools for deacons, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, and for all who remember and care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have died in the hope of the resurrection, especially Corinne de Salva, and for all the departed, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For deliverance from all danger, violence, oppression, and degradation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may end our lives in faith and hope without suffering and without reproach, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Defend us, deliver us, and in thy compassion protect us, O Lord, by thy grace. In the communion of our patron Peter and of all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another and all our life to Christ our God. In our prayers this week, let us also remember all those who live in areas that are filled with strife and war, especially the Ukraine. I ask your prayers this morning for the Kashiola family as they await the departure of Linda into the Almighty's hands. Almighty and eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people and strengthen us to do your will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Peace. I would like to request the indulgence of all of you here present to do a couple of items of business out of order. And that would be I'd like to acknowledge those who have been faithful and helpful people of the parish this year, as well as invite our senior warden who is retiring today to give his address. But I'd like to, so first of all, is that okay? May I do that? Do I have your permission? <laughs> Not quite sure how Robert's Rules does that. But this year, as I have done in years past, is recognize those who kind of are always right there, ready to help out no matter what it is. And so this year I've called it the Lifesaver Award because those people help keep this place afloat. 
And so I have several names of people who the vestry has um, nominated at their last meeting or wish me to recognize. And I'll invite you to come up because, yes, I have an award for you. Guess what's in it? <laughs> Thank you, Margaret. I'm glad you appreciate it. <laughs> so, um, actually, I'm going to ask, uh, this is just what I was going to ask you to do, Drake. So, uh, again, these are people who help everywhere, are always ready to help out at a moment's notice. If I give a call and say, can you help me? Father, how can I help? And so, this morning, I want to start out with our dynamic duo. Um, trying to think. They call themselves Thelma and Louise, but that would be Debbie Yurchek and Jane Fur Fur Purini. <laughs> Got that out. Please come up. So thank you for keeping us afloat. <laughs> You're welcome. Zoe Robinson. There would not have been coffee without Zoe this summer, so thank you. I don't think Hope Choppy is here. Sheila Mankey. Oh, now it's a couple of other people who aren't here with us this morning. Uh, Bev Clark, Jackie Lennon, Aubrey Costello. Thank you. Susan Dvorak and Becky Johnson. Now, for those who have um, swollen thumbs from the B&G, Jerry Reynolds and Bruce Martin. So Joe Fargnoli has been a big help. Joe. Also Emily Lennon, who puts all the busy bags together every week for children, is not with us. Uh, Brian Bannon. Paul Brown. Is Paul here today? There you go, way in the back. And unfortunately, they're not here this morning. It's another, it's a family, and they go by Team Clarity. So uh, we recognize them. David Spears. 
also better known as the mayor of St. Peter's. <laughs> and then I have a dynamic duo I'm going to ask to come up, and that's Jack Florence and Tony Capeza, who any Sunday morning at 8 o'clock when there's no ushers, they're here to usher. So Tony and Jack, come on. <laughs> And finally, they're not here this morning, but I saw them yesterday, and they did receive their award. And that's Mary Ellen and Harold Kemble. So I want to thank you, all of you, our lifesavers, for keeping us afloat this year. And remind all of you that all of you can be lifesavers by simply signing up and helping out. Also, in absentia, I'd like to recognize um, our outgoing junior warden, um, Allison Bateson-Tupin, who for the last three years has been our junior warden, is unable to be here with us this morning. And over the last three years, she's the one who has been instrumental in having the collection for Ukraine, our, ser our series with Mother Eileen on the Blessed Virgin Mary, and also a lot of great work over in the preschool, especially developing our, what was at that time the premiere and wonderful outdoor classroom environment that allowed us to get started right um, that first fall after the pandemic began. So at this time, I would like to call our outgoing senior warden, John Hines, to give his address. Can you hear me okay? Yes. okay? Any jazz fan, I am sure, is familiar with Dave Brubeck's composition, Time Out, Take Five. No one who is familiar with my quirky sense of humor will be surprised that I use as a metaphor for my vestry service period of time. And I'm going to entitle it Time in, take six. And why? Because it did take six years of my time in the vestry to stand before you today. Three years as a senior warden, two years as a junior warden, and one as a new member. Unlike my professional life as a lawyer, being chosen to be on the vestry was not something to which I had worked hard or even to which I had aspired. It was a completely different turn in life for me. But God, as we all know, works in mysterious ways. And rather than earning a paycheck for my efforts, I earned the satisfaction of service to him and to my fellow human beings. Coming from a different faith background, I had never experienced the ability to make a difference in anything within the church. Nor had I ever been close to anyone in a leadership position. Belonging to St. Peter's and subsequently being received into this Episcopal faith by Bishop Knisley enabled me to feel that I could, with God's help, 
become closer to him and recognize the talents he had given me to help strengthen the bonds of the community of St. Peter's. Now, as I look around this room today, and I recognize many who have come before me and made such a difference over the years, even well before I joined, I was hopeful to see Bev Clark, but she's not here. But let me say a word or two with respect to her. She has been arranging the altar flowers for over 20 years. Look how beautiful they are. Look how it adds to the service. Look how it adds to the joy of us all being here. Now, someone who is here is that handsome guy sick, sitting in the second pew <laughs> by the name of Jem Jerry Reynolds. Jerry, just in case nobody is familiar with you, would you mind rising on your feet <laughs> and circling 360 degrees so you can get the best of his fore and aft? Now, Jerry, who is a retired member of the vestry, has been instrumental in the sanctuary restoration period more than 10 years ago. And he is like Briggs and Brown in this church. Without him, the structural integrity of this church <laughs> would fall down. Jerry, thanks a lot, I mean it. Now, there's also Susan Palmer, who's not here today. And Father Craig has addressed Susan in his vestry or I'm sorry, in his 154th telling us of where we are. Susan, a retired vestry member also, brings communion and scripture to the shut-ins of our parish as a lay Eucharistic minister. As much as we may think that all the bases are covered, all the projects accounted for, there always has been and always will be more to do. Now, I want to repeat the latter part of that. And always will be more to do. I want to take the opportunity to explore that with you, to encourage everyone to become engaged in helping further the mission of this church. Help at the community market, sing in the choir, join Bible study, or best of all, become familiar with how our church runs so, so that you could become a candidate for the vestry. We do need you, believe me. In so doing, you will be allowing God to welcome you into his kingdom on earth. As I leave my senior warden position, I beg your indulgence as I use another time in take six metaphor to explain my future days. Now that I have an extra time in my days, I intend to take six days a week to fly from Boston to Baltimore to Albuquerque, New Mexico to visit our six grandchildren, <laughs> but I will try to always show up on the seventh day to attend Mass at St. Peter's. No, seriously, folks, I do intend to stay involved, especially with the Spiritual Outreach Committee, and on the diocesan level, 
the Committee on Canons, and the Disciplinary Board. I am forever grateful for the opportunity to have worked with so many talented and dedicated vestry members over the years. Jamie Wilson, I'm not going to ask you to stand, Jamie. They know who you are. <laughs> Jamie Wilson, the prior senior warden, set a high bar, which I hope to have reached on occasions. Alice Baton Tubin has been a huge help, especially with her expertise in music and education, about which I have little experience. I've enjoyed getting to know Ron Cowie, who hovers in that hidden corner over there, <laughs> and Shelley Crevasi, much better over the past year. And I am confident that they will continue with strong footing as the senior and junior wardens, respectively. But of course, I have left the best for last. <laughs> Father Craig, of course. The Vestry Handbook specifies that one of the primary obligations of a senior warden is to oversee the well-being of the rector and his family. In that regard, the overseeing at times has been mutual, as together we have shared some of the burdens and challenges of life. He was frequently by my side as I recovered from open-heart surgery, and I by his as other difficulties occurred always feeling that our burdens became lighter by so doing. We have also shared good times, Chelsea and Kaylee's weddings, beach fires, fireworks, and lobster races with Josh. Now, your ears are not malfunctioning. <laughs> <laughs> lobster races with Josh. They're actually more exciting than attending the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> and as Father Craig well knows, once upon a time he was a rich man before he bet on the wrong lobster. <laughs> and there was kayaking with Maureen and Susan. And Maureen and Craig absolutely made fools out of Susan and I, especially when they decided not to give us any oars on one occasion. <laughs> Through Father Craig, Susan and I have had the opportunity to see true Christian faith in action. He is willing to talk and give guidance, share sorrows and celebrations, and give handshakes and bear hugs, whichever you prefer. Personally, I've grown accustomed to the bear hugs. <laughs> he is the most human yet God-filled person I know. It has been a truly great pleasure to serve all of you on my time in the vestry, and I thank you for that. And there goes my entire speech. John, all that. So, John, on behalf of this congregation, the vestry, and me as your rector for all your hard work these last six years, for two years as junior warden, and for these last three years as senior warden, as you have guided this congregation 
through good times and bad, through hard times and easy, and most especially for your support and friendship as our senior warden by this rector. Please accept this gift from all of us. Thank you. By Jane Perini. Jane Perini. Jane Perini, uh, a painting by Jane Perini, and it appears to be St. Peter's with snow falling on it. Now, going back about eight years, <laughs> going back about eight years, my wife put together a trip to England, and it was called Discovering Our Episcopal Roots. Anyway, okay, well, they're not the same, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't say Roman Catholic. <laughs> but in any event, um, Father Craig and Maureen went, Andy and Nancy Mead went, Jerry Reynolds, the structural integrity of this foundation church went. <laughs> we brought him along because we saw a lot of churches in England that needed repair. <laughs> in any event, we had a great time. But we saw so many beautiful churches <laughs> in England. And I must say, this compares with it. So Father, thank you so much. It will remind me of all of you. It will remind me of our trip to England. And it almost gives me a glimpse of heaven. If it's nice as this, I'm signing up today. <laughs> <laughs> And a thank you for Jane, who last spring I talked to and said, could you do a painting of the church? And this beautiful painting of the church in winter um, is what she produced. So thank you, Jane, for that as well. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn, to proclaim the glory of your name. give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you've made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, 
We remember his death. We proclaim his resurrection. We await his coming in glory. And we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country, where, with the blessed Virgin Mary, Peter, our patron, and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia! Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia! The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Praise on that. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. 
the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. of Christ the
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And we will forego the peace and the dismissal to after the meeting. So at this time, I invite everyone to please stand and join in singing. I don't have my number, hymn number. Something. 556. 556. Five, Thank you, Tony. <laughs>
you have a fan club. So at this time, I call a resource, a, a resource, recess for this meeting and ask everyone to please be back at 10.45 for the business portion of the meeting. So it's about 12 minutes. And the faster we get back, the faster we get to eat. So let that be your motivation.